Hey everybody, Michael here. Today I had Joel, my brother, on the pod to talk through college hoops. We talked Lipscomb as they'll be playing in their third straight A-Sun Championship tomorrow. We also get into the bubble teams, who is in, who is out, and some other fun conversations along the way. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you enjoy our conversation. All right, Joel. Welcome in, man. Hey, great to be here. Yes. Everybody, this is my brother, Joel. Hello. Joel is uh, a fun and cool guy, and he's also uh, a local expert on college basketball. You know, I do what I can. So uh, we're going to start off with some conversations about Lipscomb. Uh, They're playing in the ASUN championship game tomorrow afternoon against Liberty. If you're listening to this after the game and you know who won, sorry, this is a waste of your time, but you don't have to listen to this podcast. But this is not a waste of our time. This is a happy time to be a Lipscomb Bison. Go Bisons. Go Bisons. Join the herd. Yes. Um, so do we want to preview that game? Is that, is that what we want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Give us a, give us a rundown on the matchups and who, who you're picking. Okay. So here's the deal. Lipscomb has lost to every team in the conference except for Kennesaw State. They have also beaten every single team in the conference, including Liberty, just one week ago. So, clearly, Lipscomb is not as good as they were last year, right? You know, they lost. Hard to be. It's hard to be. I mean, that was a record year Historically for good last year. Yes. Runner-up in the NIT, you know, Garrison Matthews was balled out for in the NBA for like 10 games. 28 points in one game. Yes. Um, so, really, it's Asana Sajula and then a bunch of other guys on the floor. Um, Shout out to my guy, Parker Hazen. Yeah. Well, some people like him. I'm not the biggest fan. But you know what? He's doing what he can, and I appreciate that. Um, but, look, Lipscomb, they could get into the NCAA tournament with a win tomorrow, which would absolutely be massive. Um, and they're going up against Liberty, and we all remember Liberty from last year, and um, Jerry Falwell and all the stories that they wrote about Scotty that. James, um, Scotty James, the flopper, um, uh, big but, flop guy, big flop guy. Um, and they also have Mayo Baxter Bell, who's his backup, who's actually better than he is, but doesn't play as much for some unknown reason, but knows to me. Um, and the overrated guy, Holmesley, number 10. Yeah. Um, quote, the a Sun player of the year. Unquote. Based on no actual facts he's trailing us on and points rebounds assists and field goal percentage so um and size unsure he's smaller unsure about that one um so yeah uh it should be a good game Lipscomb won the last one um and liberty honestly it looks worse than they did last year i'm not really sure the reason for that um they haven't really lost much but they look pretty bad when you watch them play they were they yeah. were down to Stetson. The score ten minutes into the Stetson game was, I believe, Stetson was winning nine to seven. Um, so they're th- resting on their laurels after last season. Yes. Also, I think the longer you're at Liberty University, the worse you get at most things. So, such as um, social justice or um, politics or being a a woke person. Um, yeah, just regular good person things. Yes. Um, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Those are just personal things in that last little bit, but let's go. They got a shot. ESPN's giving them a 4% chance. I think it's more like 30. Um, but you know, uh, 
it is what it is. So we'll see how it goes. I thought about driving to Lynchburg, but I really didn't want to deal with with all those crazy people. Jerry's Jokers, they call them. Um, they paint More up, like Jerry the Joker. They paint up like the Joker. They paint their faces white with red lipstick. It's, uh, you know... The movie The Joker is about white male rage. And that's exactly how it would define most students at Liberty University. I No comment. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting thing to be a part of. Um, and Daylight Savings Time is tomorrow. So I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go to that game. Um, so I'm here talking with my brother. Oh, Daylight Savings Time, keeping you from fun adventures. Oh, that reminds me. Mom told you to um, set your clocks forward if you didn't. If you didn't, I'll do set that my already. iPhone forward an hour. That's what I told her. I was like, "Mom, listen, that's old fashioned. We are new fashioned millennials. Okay, we don't do that. All right, our phones do it for us, just like every other thing that we rely on in life." Actually, yesterday at twelve twenty-six p.m., I looked down at my watch and it said one twenty-six p.m. So in my sleep last night or two nights ago, I'm fairly certain that I. Set my clock forward an hour on my watch. Nice. That's fun. It was, I was behooved. I love it when our brains do things and we don't know that they're doing them. That's great. Yes. Uh, that was a tangent. Do we want to go to somewhere else? No, we're still hanging out at Lipscomb, man. Lipscomb, great okay, school. This is, um, this is my ignorance. So please forgive me. No worries. If Lipscomb loses tomorrow... Are they eligible for the NIT? No, they will not be in the NIT. They they would be lucky to get a CIT invitation at this point. So North Florida would go to the NIT, possibly. But since since they tied for the A Sun lead, I'm not really sure how that works out. If if North Florida was the one seed, they would for sure go to the NIT. I'm uncertain about that fact. Um, so I'm not going to make any bold claims. Um, but unsure about that. But Lipscomb definitely will not be. In the NIT. No trips to Madison Square Garden for us this year? No. And that was so much fun last year when we went. But um, no, that is not in the cards this time. Uh, But Lipscomb, if they win, will go to the NCAA tournament where they could play in Dayton on Tuesday or Wednesday in a playing game. Or not not the first four, they call it. Um, And Lipscomb could get their first NCAA tournament win. Um, Not a real win. For the record, does not count. Belmont called. Belmont said it was. That is exactly proof of how dumb it is to say that. Hey, hey, Casey, we like Casey. Eh. All right. <laughs> Speaking of coaches, Lenny Acuff, new Lipscomb coach, very much an unknown coming into the season. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were disappointed with the start. Is he exceeding expectations this season, or is he merely meeting expectations? Uh, there was some big shoes to fill after Alexander left last season. I think at this juncture, I think he's he's exceeding expectations. If you had told me that we'd lose Garrison Matthews, Rob Marbury, uh, Kenny Cooper, Eli Pepper, and still be sitting in the conference championship game a year later, I think that's a successful story. I think a lot of people, when they first announced the hire, some people were like, this is a great hire. This guy knows basketball. But a lot of people didn't know him because he was it was at Alabama Huntsville. So it's taking us a long time. And we have a mutual friend um, who's more like a brother to us, who who was not the biggest fan of him throughout the year. Yes, very much like a brother. Um, In fact, a brother. Um, but, but 
as you can see, I think his biggest thing is he's a developer. Um, and I think you've seen that this year. You've seen it with Asajula. He's gotten a lot better this year, even though he was really good last year, um, to, to the point where he's dropping like 40 points occasionally. And you see it in Fleming. You see it in K.J. Johnson, who's improved throughout the year. I think this guy can develop talent, and he's also recruiting uh, pretty well this, this year. So in my opinion, in my honest opinion, Lenny Acuff is exceeding my expectations, especially my expectations of where they'd be about two months ago. Um, would you agree with that? Like, you know. I, I'm a fan. I'm, I think that the jury's still out on his recruiting. Mm. Um, as far as an in-game coach – not the most exciting brand of basketball, but it might open up if we have better shooters on the floor in the future. Right. Um, it's been hard to watch offensively, but that's what happens uh, when your guys can't shoot. It's very clogged out there, uh, which if we had shooters, Asajula would be doing even better. So it's, it's tough, but I do think he's a good coach. I'm, he has exceeded my personal expectations for him. I thought we would be uh, not here. I didn't think we'd be playing for an A-Sun championship this mm-hmm. year, especially after the departure of Kenny Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, which, which makes me uh, ask this next question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how regretful is Kenny Cooper about ditching the Bisons? You know, I don't know if he regrets it. Um, I can't get on the side of Kenny Cooper and tell you, an answer, tell you the answer to that question. Um, but... I mean, he sat out for a year. He could come back next year, and Western Kentucky could be really good. It kind of depends on whether players go uh, and leave early or if they stay because um, they have a couple NBA prospects on their roster. Um, but I think talent-wise, Western Kentucky's a better fit for him. But absolutely, as a fan, I think with Kenny Cooper on this team, they're at least second in the conference this year. Um, no doubt. And, and you know, they could be heading to the NCAA tournament. It definitely will give them a better chance tomorrow. Um, and it's been sad for to not see Kenny out there because what they need badly is a point guard who can run the floor and facilitate, and they don't have that. And when Michael Buckland is trying to do that, that's not his skill set. Um, and I think I think Kenny may regret it from a, this is my team, these are my guys that I like, uh, and they're doing this, um, and I'd like to be there with them. But also from a, if Kenny wants to play professional ball somewhere, I think Western Kentucky might be the right fit for Kenny's, him. I mean, maybe a G League player. Yeah. He's no better than a G League player. Right, but I think he'd get more exposure at Western Kentucky than he is at Lipscomb. I mean, the A-Sun is bad. Do you agree the A-Sun is bad? The A-Sun's bad. I would say if a six-eight center can consistently score 30 or more points, yes, it is a bad conference. Yes, okay. Um so Conference USA is definitely a step up in that regard. Uh, put him against better competition, and he'll get more scouts out to his game. So I, I see that from Kenny's, side, Kenny's point of view, um, and I get it, um, but it is sad. So those are those are my thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, Kenny, if you're listening, we miss you, but also we're just fine without you, brother. I hope you're having a good life. Life goes on. Being broken up with is hard, but after a while – you got to move on. Right. You got to move on. All right. So uh, moving into March Madness. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of Selection Sunday, but that is the day in which they decide who is in the tournament yes. and who is out of the tournament. Yes. Uh, here's the rules. If you win your conference, you're in. 
Conference tournament. Conference tournament, yes. you're in. Yes. And if you don't, then you have to be an at-large bid. Which only like 34 teams get to be. Only 34 teams. And so here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to run through uh, some conferences. I'm going to uh, work through some teams. I want you to tell me, are they in or are they out? We'll start in the ACC. Okie dokie. Duke. Yes. Yes, in? Yes. Florida State. Yes. Louisville. Yes. Virginia. Yes. Give me a hard one, please. NC State. Um, I personally don't have them in. I don't think that they have the record um, and the, the... I don't think that their resume is good enough. They haven't won enough games. They have something like 12, 14 losses or something like that. Um, and their wins just aren't that impressive. Um, so, I, I, to me... I don't think NC State is in. Okay. So we're looking at four teams from the ACC making the tournament. Yes. Because North Carolina, bless their hearts, probably not not this season. Absolutely not. No. Unless they go on a run. They would have to win their conference tournament. Yes. Right. Of course. Of course. All right. Moving on to the Big 12. Okie dokie. We got uh, several teams to talk about in the Big 12 that may be controversial. So first off, Baylor. Yes. Kansas. Yes. Those what? two, those two are top seeds. They're going to be number one seeds. They're two of the best. Even seeds with in the a country. loss today, Baylor will still be a number Even one. Even with seed. a loss today, they will be a number one seed. Yes. Okay. West Virginia. Yes. Probably a higher seed since they beat Baylor today. Yeah. On I, senior I lo- night. I look at them right now. I think I have them as a like five seed. That is where I have them right now. Okay. Texas Tech Red Raiders. They're in. Yes. For sure. I I give them a lock. Yes. Okay. What about the Oklahoma Sooners? I, they're on my bubble. Um, and there's someone who had a crazy win today. We just watched it. Reeves had what, like 39? Is that Four, how 41 points. 41 with points. A, including a game-winning step back. Yes. Mid-range jumper. Um, some people have them rated as high as like a nine seed. Um, I would be more tempted to put them around 11. Um, but I think right now, if we're calling it right now, I would put them in. Good to know. The Texas Longhorns. The Texas, okay, look, if Texas, Texas is not a good basketball team. I'll put it there. They are not a normal bubble team, but since the bubble is so big and there's just a hodgepodge of teams there, I think they're on the bubble. I think they may back into the first four, but they should not be. They lost to Oklahoma State by over 20 points today. I don't think they're in. Hmm. Sorry, Dad. Shaka Smart. It's been a bumpy yes. for our guy Shaka Smart. Yes, he's no Rick Barnes. He's one of those coaches that I think might actually be better with less good players. And, it, you know, he can run that system at VCU. He can basically change the, the dynamic of, of, of what your team looks like at a smaller school where they're not getting a talent and they can run his system. Um, with, with the more talent, I feel like players are one and done more. You saw that with Jackson Hayes last year. And they're more, they're more likely to run their kind of play and they're not more likely to adapt and if they adapt it's not going to get them scouts like they should so um that's my those are my thoughts with Shaka Smart I think he's a great coach it's just I don't think it's a good fit hard to play with the pace Shaka wants to play with when you're rolling out five-star seven-foot recruits yes so uh moving on to the Big East Seton Hall yes Miles Powell is one of the best players in, in the whole country all right check that out Check Miles Powell out on YouTube. All right, Villanova. Yes. Creighton. 
Yes, they have a player named Zegarowski who's really good. And it's really weird to talk about Creighton as one of the best teams in the country, but I think they'll be right around a three or four seed. Um, so they're really good. The Butler Bulldogs. Yes, they will be in. Been a long time since uh, old Brad Stevens was there. Yeah. Gordon Hayward. But they're still kicking in the Big East now. And, you know, it's it's a different team. It's a different conference. It Big is. East. That is. Very much different than the Horizon. But, yeah. Um, so they're still kicking. Much different looking team, though. Yeah. Questionable, the Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, yeah, they should be in. Uh, again, Marcus Howard is a dynamic playmaker. They lost to Murray State and John Morant last year in the tournament. I don't know if you remember that, but um, pretty pretty crazy game where John Morant just went off. But Marcus Howard can score like nobody's business. So if they get in, look for them. They could pull off a, a couple upsets. The Providence Friars. I think the Providence will get in. Um, yes, I think they're right on the right side of the bubble. They've been on TV a lot this year. I've, caught, I've been able to catch some some of their games. And since they play in the Big East, they have a lot of chances for upsets, and they have a lot of chances for losses um, that are, don't look good. Um, and they have both of them. Um, so I think that Providence on a good night could do some damage, but on a bad night, they look pretty bad. This is a team that's probably not going to make the tournament barring a conference run, but the St. John's guys, I like their team. They've been on my TV a lot. They're fun to watch. Mm. They were fun to watch last year as well. Hmm. Next up, got the Xavier Musketeers. I think Xavier's on the bubble. I think Lenardi has him as like on his on his bubble watch or whatever. Uh, he has him as their last four in. Uh, I think Xavier's not in the tournament. Uh, this is a team that is is okay, but again, I just don't see it. Uh, I don't think their resume is good enough. I think they have too many losses. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Musketeers. Sorry. All right. Moving on to the Big Ten, which if you don't know if a Big Ten team is going to get in, just, just say that they will be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. First up, Maryland. Yes. Penn State. Yes. Michigan State. Yes. Iowa. Yes. Michigan. Yes. Ohio State. Yes. Wisconsin. Yes. Illinois. Yes. So that's eight teams right there that we think are for sure, for sure locks. They're for sure locks. The only one that I think, you know, hasn't been in the top 25 recently is Wisconsin. And, you know. Ranked number 24 this week. They're, they're all really good. Um, Big win over Indiana today to clinch a share of the Big Ten championship. And yeah, and if you look if you look at those teams, there are eight of them right there. That's the majority of the conference. But when eight of them have at least nineteen wins and have at least ten conference wins, I mean that's kind of hard to say no to. But then you get in the rest of the conference. Rutgers. Rutgers, I think, is going to get in. Um, they're an interesting team. This is a historically good Rutgers basketball team, um, and they're a team that has beaten they beat Stephen f austin in the non-conference which may seem like nothing to you but also Stephen f austin beat duke and cameron indoor so um transitive property says Rutgers is better than duke yes but transitive property it doesn't always work like it doesn't math um easy to get in trouble using that transitive property business yes yeah next up we got indiana um indiana's in a similar spot that they were last year where they were right on the bubble and didn't make it in um and this time they don't have as many losses, but they're also only nine eleven nine 
they're nine and eleven, excuse me, in in the big in the in the in the Big Ten. Um, so I put them right on there. They're either gonna, I think they're either gonna be last four in in Dayton or first four out. And I think they're right on the line. They lost their really good chance uh, on senior day today against Wisconsin. That would have really helped sure up their position. Moving on to the Purdue Boilermakers. Okay, Purdue, they have this guy named, uh, oh, I forget it, Isaac Harms, I think it is. He's 7'2", and um, this is an interesting team. They have 16 wins and 15 losses, but they have good wins, but they have 15 losses. I think it's too much. I don't think they make it unless they go basically to the final in the Big Ten Championship. Possible, but unlikely. All right, moving on to the Pac-12. We've got Oregon. Yes. Colorado. Yes. Arizona. Yes. And Oregon and Arizona, I think, are teams that can make deep runs in this tournament. Uh, One of my close friends, I asked her who she thought would win the NCAA tournament this year, and she said the Colorado Buffaloes. Really? Yeah. Who said that? I'll tell you off air. Okay. I have my doubts about it. Okay. Next up, the USC Trojans. Yes, I, I think they'll be in. Um, I think Lenardi has them as like a like a eight or nine right now. Let me see if I can find them. They're they're a nine seed. I think they'll be in um, unless they absolutely lose by twenty in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. I think they'll be in. Which is possible because USC always underachieves. True. Moving on up, the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, Arizona State, I think they'll be in. Um, it's a really interesting team, um, just like all these are. I, th- I put them in the same boat that I put in um, Indiana, um, and then they have some losses and some wins, just like every other team. But I compare them most to Indiana. I think I think that's they're either going to be right in or right out. The Stanford Cardinal. Um, yes, I think Stanford will be in. Uh, I think their resume is a little bit better than Arizona State, um, and they just don't have the bad losses that Arizona State does. They have a durably eye-popping net rating, yes. I would say. Yes. The UCLA Bruins. I don't think UCLA's in. They lost to USC today, um, and their net is horrific. Um, I believe their net ranking is 77. Yeah, down um, in the 70s is not what you want. No, and, you know, Lenardi has them as an 11 seed and just plainly in the tournament. I just don't understand why he has that. They're even low in the Ken Palm. UCLA has, to me, like nothing going for them right now. If they get in, they would have to be in a playing game. You know, you would think that, but Lenardi doesn't have them that way. And Lenardi's smarter than I am, so. No, he's not. (laughs) That's why I don't have Lunardi on my podcast. That's why, yes. That is why you don't have him on your podcast. I'm above him. Okay. All right. Moving on to the Southeastern Conference, also known as the SEC. We've got Auburn. Yes. Kentucky. Yes. Which, to note, Ashton Higgins uh, missed today's games for quote-unquote personal reasons. He and uh, Coach Cal Perry allegedly had a conversation about it. Cal Perry feels good about it, and he wants to have Ashton there for the postseason. He says one, they 100% need him for the postseason. Mm. That's just insider information that I watched on ESPN today. Oh, outsider. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it was on Twitter. LSU. Yes. Florida. Yes. Florida's an interesting team. They struggled early in conference play, but they pulled it together, and they'll be in fourth, it looks like, in the SEC tournament. So, 
Florida's peaking at the right time for sure. So that's four teams from the SEC thus far. What do we think about Mississippi State? I personally don't think that Mississippi State's going to get in. Um, and this is another team that, you know, typically the SEC gets more teams in. They typically do. Um, but the SEC looks really rough. You got those four, four teams that aren't even that great that anybody can beat. Um, but I just don't think the SEC is good enough. So I saw those four teams. I just don't see any of them getting in. Right. Definitely. Uh, what about the Arkansas Razorbacks? Just like Mississippi State, I think the SEC is so bad that I don't think that they will get it either. Not great look for the SEC this season. No. All right, let's move on to the American Conference. Yes. We've got the Houston basketball team. Cougars. Is that what you're the looking Cougs. for? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're in for sure. They, they should. They, I think they'll be around a five, five seed. Got the Wichita State Shockers. I don't. I don't think Wichita State's that good. Um, I think they could get into. They won't the be shocking anyone this year. No. Um, it would shock me to for them to be in a tournament. Um, That's what they do, though. They're shockers. Yes, they do. They do do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I just don't see. I don't think they're that good. Period. About the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, I. Also, don't think that they're going to make it this year. They're under a new coach. Um, they're playing a slightly different system, but still have the players that they used for the old system that was all grit grind and stuff. Um, and I just don't think it's going to work. Cumberland's a great player, but I think they're out this year. And the Memphis Tigers. Memphis has a really low net. I think it's like 62 or something like that. Um, and without James Wiseman, they're not – like they could do some damage in the NIT, but I don't think they'll make the NCAA. All right, that gets us through with uh, most of our larger conferences. Uh, looking to be locks. Uh, outside of those, we've got Gonzaga. Yes. San Diego State. Yes. Dayton. Yes. And BYU. Yes. Those first three are five, three of the five best teams in the country, which is really great. I love when mid-majors do well. Um, and it's really great to be able to say those are confidently three of the five best teams in the country. Um, and to honestly have the nation agree. Uh, this is a pretty common thing you hear on ESPN. Um, so if you watch them, you can tell they're really, really good. So I'm excited to watch those teams in the tournament. Yeah. Outside of that, we've got some uh, a cluster of other teams. Uh, we know that Utah State has clinched. Yes. They actually just beat San Diego State in a very exciting game. Yes. Uh, which is shocking because San Diego State has only lost one other time this season. Right. So I'll just run through some names. Uh, St. Mary's. Yes. The Gales, you think, will make it? Yes. The East Tennessee State Buccaneers from Johnson I, City. Look, SoCon. ETSU is really good. They're very athletic, um, and they have a very senior-heavy team. I think they're worthy of getting a, a, an at-large spot. A lot of people would disagree with me. But the SoCon we saw last year with Wofford can field legitimate teams to make the NCAA tournament and do damage. Most definitely. So ETSU, I think, should be in no matter what. What about the Richmond Spiders, which I'm still mad about their defeat of Vanderbilt <laughs> 10 years ago. Was it 10? It was, yeah, it was quite a few. It was a lot of years ago. That was like our childhood. I guess that's hard. They lost they to them and Siena in the first round in consecutive years. Yeah, that's And true. maybe Murray State as well. Um, yeah, they were all right there. I remember. Yeah, that was tough. That was awful. But anyway. I think we were in Ohio when they lost to Richmond. I'm fairly certain. I think. Or is that Siena? I think that was Siena. Um, we might have been there for both. But they got clobbered by Sienna. Anyway, Richmond. 
Okay, I don't. Richmond's in the A10. The A10 has Dayton, um, which is one of the top five teams in the country. Outside of Dayton, I don't think anyone is going to be able to make it. Um, the, AT, the A10 doesn't look that strong this year. I thought it was going to be VCU that was going to come up and really be the number two team behind Dayton, and that just hasn't happened. Um, Rhode Island is a solid squad, and I think if they make the tournament, they could get in. But Richmond, no. I don't, I don't see any way that they make the tournament. So Rhode Island has a chance. What I'm hearing. Yes, I, I like Rhode Island's basketball team. They seem pretty consistent. They've looked bad against Dayton, but also like, I mean, who doesn't look bad against Dayton? Um, so I'm higher on Rhode Island than a lot of a lot of teams. And we've got the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. Okay, let's pause for a second and talk about the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. Okay, they're the Lumberjacks. People are sleeping on Stephen F. Austin. Their record. Um, they have lost a grand total of three games this year. They beat Duke, correct? They beat Duke in Cameron Indoor, which is something that like very few teams can say, even over the past like five years. They beat them in Cameron Indoor, and it wasn't like Duke had everybody hurt, like blah blah blah. No, they beat them um, on a on a last second layup. And watching that game was probably one of the highlights of my year, um, to be perfectly frank. Um, they lost three games. Let me walk you through those three losses. They lost in in Piscataway, New Jersey, to Rutgers, who we have a bubble already, team. We have already discussed. They're probably going to be in the tournament. Yeah, in the Big Ten. They've lost to Alabama. Okay, who's a who's a bubble team? Roughly lost to Vanderbilt, they, not a bubble team anymore. Yes, Alabama. They're they're not great. Used to be a bubble team. They're not great, but that's that's one of their losses. And then they lost a one point loss at home to Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Um, which a is a beautiful place, Corpus Christi, Texas. Yes, um, but they weren't Corpus Christi; they were in Nacogdoches when they lost. Um, not a beautiful place. No. Um, but look, those are the three losses. And basically, if Stephen F. Austin loses in the conference tournament, they're not going to make the tournament. But I think that is so much malarkey, because basically, Mike Malarkey, former Titans coach. Yeah. That's how bad it is. No, just malarkey. I like Mark. I like Mike Malarkey. Um, Mark Mike Larkey. Um, but Stephen F. Austin, if they tell Stephen F. Austin that they did not do enough, then there is literally nothing that any team in a small conference like the Southland can do because the argument's always been, oh, you don't have a big win. You don't have a marquee win. They went into Cameron Indoor and won. They have lost three games. There are power conference teams that have lost worse games than Stephen F. Austin has and lost a lot more. So I am just sickened at the thought of Stephen F. Austin losing and not getting into the tournament after going 28-3 and in the regular season and winning at Duke. That, so that's my soapbox. I think that's insane, and they really need to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror. Yeah. Get your life right, NCAA selection show I will, committee. I will boycott the NCAA tournament. If Stephen F. Austin is not, Joel I, will I won't, not boycott. I won't. I won't, won't. boycott. That's the, the highlight of my life. Um, but... It's just I'm that that's my those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. All right. Got the Furman Paladins coming in from the great state of South Carolina. So Furman, they were in this on this bubble last year. Um I don't think that I don't think they're gonna make a tournament. They're under ETSU in the SOCON. Um and I just I just don't I just don't see it because ETSU is on the bubble and I don't I don't think Furman should make the tournament if ETSU is on the bubble. 
We've got the Liberty Biberty Flames. Um, hard no. They honestly look like poopy. They're going to lose to the Bisons tomorrow. If most definitely, whoa. and they will not be making it into the NCAA tournament. Whoa, go Bisons! Um, they're not good. I don't. You know, I I think a lot of Lipscomb people would say Liberty's not their favorite team. I am one of them. Liberty's not good enough to make the tournament this year. If you're not going to let a team like Stephen F. Austin in the tournament, then Liberty absolutely should not be in the NCAA tournament. They have no business in the tournament, and Scotty James has no business in the NCAA tournament. He has no business on a basketball floor. He needs to go to the chiropractor after all the times he's hit the floor yeah. so hard. I mean, all, I the, all the time he's dove on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I don't know I don't know how that guy does it every Floppy James. Time. It's like everywhere he goes, he gets booed. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off campus anywhere and then people just boo him. If you get booed by nice Christian college students <laughs> at Lipscomb, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in school there anymore, so I assume it's less booing. I don't know. I don't know about that. But a lot of people don't like him um, because he's a flopper. And that's, you know, Liberty's bad. I, I think that's it. We, Liberty's bad. That pretty much sums it up. All right. Will the Yale Bulldogs be getting an at-large bid? No. Um, they won't. They have to win their conference tournament in the Ivy um, to make it just plain and simple. Um, at least they have a conference tournament now. They do. It's four-team. And it's uh, pretty. It's honestly pretty exciting. If you watch their games, the Ivy League gets, like, super amped because they're all rivals. And they're all smart. Yeah. There was there was one a few years ago where Harvard had like a crazy, like a buzzer beater happen, and I loved hearing the play by play guy just like absolutely go bananas on on the call, and they pointed out in Sports Center, and it, it's worth it. So if you have if you have time, just go YouTube Harvard crazy play by play call basketball, it'll pop up. It's it's amazing. Yeah, they'll also protest the conference championship for climate change, and I support that. Will they? Is that is that true? They did that for a football, a oh. football game. Mm. All right. So, Whew. I mean, how long did that take? That was a long segment. But we're not done. We got to talk Titans. Okay. Yeah. Or at least I've got to get something off my chest. And then I'll put it back on your chest. Don't put nothing on my chest. I like I'm putting. Say it with my I chest. like putting things on my chest. I don't like things putting being put on my chest. I like, you know. That's, you know, that's not my thing. I like taking things off my chest and putting them on other people's chest. Yes. Anyways. For all you people out there, Titans fans, who want Tom Brady to be wearing a Titans uniform next year and to let Ryan Tannehill walk, what is the matter with you? I am so tired of hearing how a middle-aged man who can barely walk is going to lead our team to a Super Bowl. He refuses to throw it to wide receivers, only slot receivers. And also, at least Jonu Smith would have a lot of yards. But what we do know is, A.J. Brown, why have him if Tom Brady's your quarterback? He's going to be audibling all of the time. Derrick Henry's not going to be crushing everyone we need to do everything in our power to at least bring Tannehill and Henry back even if it handicaps us in four years from now we need those guys you know who's not going to be good four years from now Tom Brady 
you know who might be good t- four years from now? Ryan Tannehill. And Tom Brady is not much better now than Tannehill is. Tannehill was the NFL Comeback Player of the Year, and honestly, you can't tell me that our receivers are that much better than Brady's guys last season. Okay, I hear you. Corey Davis is not a good receiver. Allow me to play devil's advocate for a second. Okay, you would advocate you, for the devil. I mean, it's my favorite thing to do. Um, honestly, as a human being, as a, as an Enneagram Six, I feel like as a, you know, that's who I am. This is not an Enneagram podcast. Um, but the Enneagram affects every decision that we ever make in life, um, and it explains how we do what Lies, we do. Falsehoods. Um, so anyway, first off, Corey Davis is a good receiver. He's not great. He's good. He's a he's honestly a great decoy last year because literally if you threw the ball at him he'd catch it, period. But there's going to be someone standing in front of him because he's slow. He's not that slow, and he's a great route runner, and his hands are glue. I he, could be a great route runner too, but I run a seven five forty. Look, if you have AJ Brown, Adam Humphreys, and Johnny Smith out there with Corey Davis, you don't need him to be a superstar. You just need him to run good routes. Hold defenders accountable. And there you go. Brady did not have a wide receiver. I felt like the Titans' top three wide receivers, at least, you could even throw Tajay Sharp in there, were better than all of all of Brady's receivers outside of a healthy Edelman. But he wasn't even healthy last year. Look, here are my priorities, Titans free agents-wise. Number one, number one A, Ryan Tannehill. Number one B, Derrick Henry. Number three, Jack Conklin. Not Number Logan four, Ryan. Number four, Logan Ryan. I don't care about Conklin. We can get a right tackle whenever we want. That's not true. Also, Logan Ryan is an aging slot corner. We can find a rookie slot corner and pay him in this from like a sixth rounder salary. And we don't need to pay him an NFL vet. And our secondary will a be a corner. lot worse for three years. Here's what we need to do. We need to draft a pass rusher. We need to draft cornerbacks. And we need to draft a tackle because the odds of us being able to keep Conklin after we keep Tannehill and after we keep Henry are really low. I love the undertaker, Ryan Kelly, but he's just not the guy you want starting every Sunday. He is great at what he does. You don't take... Dennis Kelly. Yeah, Dennis yeah. Kelly. I'm not talking about the former Duke basketball player. I'm talking about right. Dennis Kelly, the undertaker. Let's say you have... I'm doing my Colin Cowherd now. Let's say you have... Now, let's say you're running a business. You're not going to take a guy who's great at sales and put him in a managing position. You know why? Because he's great at sales. He might not be good at managing people, and that is Dennis Kelly. He's a great utility lineman. He's not the guy you want starting a tackle every week. This has been the herd. Okay. Well, thanks, Colin. But, but here's Dennis Kelly filled in with Terry Lewan, and he was better than Terry Lewan was the first three weeks he was back. That's Look, facts. That's a fact. Just Jack. so everyone knows, Terry Lewan was knew he was playing bad, and he knew that they couldn't take oh, any more penalties. So but that, he was still playing bad yeah, and taking penalties. That makes it okay. It's like, oh, hey, hey, guys. Um, I suck at being a friend. I I don't show up to things. I say I'm going to be at places, and I just don't show up. 
I'm sorry. I know that. Are you and friends I'm, with Taylor Lewan? I'm going to try to do better. No, it's just it's just like. Are you it, are you saying he's a bad friend? That's personal. You know, honestly, probably. If he's just incessantly apologizing for being a bad friend, I think he's a bad friend. You know, like I, he's not doing that. For the record, we don't know that. We don't know. Taylor I'm not Lewan. trying to get busting with the boys knocking on my door. Oh, who cares? Yeah, come at me, Taylor Lewan. I'll sue your butt. No, we won't. Please don't come here. I love you, Taylor Lewan. I'm a big fan. No, I honestly despise Taylor Lewan. The Look, fact that people think calling him the daddy of the Nashville, thing. get out of here. That Reason is disgusting. Reason number five billion why we shouldn't sign Tom Brady. Okay, back to this. Our offensive line sucks at pass blocking. But with Saffold Tom Brady, it doesn't and matter. And Davis and Conklin, even, are not good pass blockers. Tom Brady is so good at reading the line of scrimmage and audibling to whatever he wants, whatever protection Look, he wants. He's gonna, it does not matter. He's going to read the line of scrimmage, audible to what he wants, and then he's going to do exactly what he did last year in New England, and that's throw a seven-yard float pass over the middle to Tajay Sharp, who's not as good as Julian Edelman, and we're going to score less points than the Patriots scored last year when we could have one of the best offenses in the league with Tannehill and Henry back. I see your point, but I also see the point where if we can get Tom Brady for two years, I think we'll have a better chance of getting a Super Bowl in those two years with Tom Brady at the helm. Now, it would take, you know, our, our next couple of years after Tom Brady left would probably be worse than they would be if we just kept Tannehill. But you think that Brady is a better quarterback in 2020 than Ryan Tannehill? Yes, and that's based not a, on what? That's not a shake on Tannehill. Brady's brain is still his brain. He still has an arm. It's not like Peyton Manning. This where is he had retirement tour, bro. This is retirement tour. You're getting the Wizards, Jordan. You're getting Broncos, Manning. Yeah, you know what Broncos Manning did? He won him a Super Bowl. He didn't win them that Super he Bowl. He did without that. Without him, he who are you gonna th- if with Paxton Lynch, who was like the heir apparent. Brock Osweiler. Who Brock Osweiler? Okay, great. Brock Osweiler, perfect. He's perfect. not good. He's not good. And Saying people, that they had a worse backup than he was a starter is not an argument for him being a good starting quarterback. Yeah, but you know, they won a Super Bowl pay Manny. They would not have done that with Brock Osweiler. But that's what I'm saying is Tannehill's not Brock Osweiler. He's better than Brock Osweiler, but also Brady's probably better than Peyton Manning was when he went to Denver. Not when Manning went to Denver. His, his last year, his last year in Denver, he had nerve damage. He was Mariota without the legs. Peyton Manning won MVP his first season in Denver. For the record, yeah. You know what? If Tom Brady had the weapons that he does, it, it did in Tennessee. You know what he might win next year? MVP. No, it would be either him or Derrick Henry. Period. Tom Brady, don't come here. I don't think that you will. I think this is a thing. This is like the same. It's all the same people. See these Vols fans think that John Gruden is going to coach their team and they think that Tom Brady is going to come play for the Titans. It's the same. There's an overlap of people there. I think Tom Brady is going to come play for the Titans whether we think it or not. I also want to say that video of Brady and Edelman at the Syracuse game talking to Vrabel on FaceTime was doctored. It looked... That was not was. real. I don't think it was. I mean, did you see? did you see the clip where Julian Edelman said he's coming back and Brady was like, dude, shut up. Like... And he tried to shake it off and laugh it off, but he was legitimately pissed. He was like, do not put that out there. He was pissed because Edelman, he's already told his friend Julian Edelman he's coming back to he, New England. No, no, I, I do not believe that. 
I, they they have not talked. John, get John Robinson on the phone. I want to talk to John Rob J Rob right now. Yeah, you know who John Tell Robinson buddy used Vrabel to work to for. Stop FaceTiming with Brady and start FaceTiming with Tannehill. We need to get him back in here. He saved our season. He did. It is disrespectful to treat him like this. But that's business. That's business, and I, I ultimately think that's what the Titans are going to do. And I, you know, I, I personally—that's a mistake. That's I, that's just giving. That's just that's horrible. I would keep Tannehill personally, um, but I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to sign Tom Brady if they get the chance. So tough, tough nuggets. That's just a move to put more butts in the seats and to sell jerseys. Yeah, it's shameful. But it's going to make them a lot of money and possibly get them a Super Bowl. Also, if I had to put money on it, Brady's going back to New England. Dude, I will bet you right now money that he is not going back to the New England. What are you going to bet me? I will bet you $10 that he does not go back to New England. I will bet you one cookout tray. Deal. Cookout tray for cookout tray? Yeah. Done. We're going to do an elbow bump because of the coronavirus. Okie dokie. There we go. Bumped. All right, Joel. Sorry, that got a little heated. Um, the classic, classic clinger bout. Classic. Uh, this is sports talk radio. It's what it's for. Yeah, it's for getting mad about stuff that doesn't matter. Right. When you should be getting mad about stuff that does matter. Opinions like injustice. Opinions based on little facts and emotion. Um, talked about for hours on end um, with no real purpose. That's the sports talk radio. Jared Stillman, if you're listening. I honestly am very entertained by your show. Thank you for doing what you do. I wish Floyd would get on your page more. No comment. Thank All you. right. Thanks, Joel, for stopping in. This has been fun. Yeah. Is that it? Are you done? Yeah, we got to finish this second half of the Belmont-Murray State game. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Joel, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at J underscore Kling on Twitter. Um, they can email me if you want um, at ClingerJM at alumni.lipscom.edu. Yes, I still use my alumni email constantly. It is my personal email. Um, Are you on Coffee Meets Bagel? I am not. I am not. I did have a hinge for a little bit, and I am I am on hiatus from that as well. Um, so do you have a hot or not account? I do not have a hot or not account. I did have a hot or not account in high school for a brief moment in time. Um, are it you was, on Kick? I am not on Kick. WhatsApp? I am not on WhatsApp. I am on iPhone. You can reach me at my messages. Don't um, put your don't give everyone your phone number. You'll it be is spammed. Six one five rabid fan Three six one three one five seven. Text that number right now. <laughs> um yeah. It's Papa John's. Yeah. Um Daddy's home. That was gross. Okay. This has been a good time. Before we get in any trouble, we're going to have to go. Okay. Finish this Belmont game. I just want to say, Liberty, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. Go Bisons. Go Bisons. All right. Thank you for listening today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Joel also gets a co-producer credit. For this episode thank you joel he did not like the way that uh the last couple episodes have sounded so he's been a huge help getting stuff faded in and out so thank you joel 
Have a great day. Go Bisons. Go Titans. Go Tannehill.